So we're good. Uh, so thank you again for joining in with us uh, for HBC Startups. Thank you guys for all our listeners that are out there. Feel free to please like, subscribe, share this podcast. HBC News is now kicking off startup interviews for 2020. This is our second episode of 2020, so we are very much excited. We are looking forward to doing more throughout the year. So if you're interested, please reach out to hbcnewspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is sponsored by HBC Startups and also HBC Alum. So we are looking forward to highlighting more professionals and startups. So uh, uh, my name is Ronnell Miller. I'm the founder and CEO, for those of you guys don't know, don't know. And we are excited to have our second episode today. So can you please introduce yourself and your business to let, a little, let the people a little bit, let them know about you know what you do. Hey, Ronald, I appreciate it. My name is Gifted Bailu, Gift Gift Time at Bailu. I am the uh, editor-in-chief and CEO for Gift Time Rugby Network and Gift Time Productions. Uh, we are a uh, media company that covers rugby around the U.S., around the world, uh, covering all levels, talking about culture, talking about the sport itself, and essentially just how the two can combine, the combine to uh, create opportunities and imp- impact each other. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, you know, I'll ask a few questions for tonight and then, you know, we'll open it up, you know, about your business and anything you want to tell people at the end. So uh, my first question tonight, you know, why rugby? Uh, what, what inspires you about rugby? You don't see Yo, a, lot look, of, a black man that really like rugby, you know, in 2020. You know, that's actually, and that's kind of part of the thing. So, you know, rugby has been, I've been doing rugby for almost 10 years now and no, for over 10 years now. And one of the things that this sport has done has created just this wide network of people around the world that I never would have had an opportunity to get to know. And it's something that a lot of people have an idea about, but they don't know. And once you get to know it or you get to play it, you ask yourself why you never knew about this before, because it interacts like the perfect combination of athleticism, competition, it's rough, but it's like nuanced. It's, you know, primal, but it's intelligent. And then of course there's like this, like I said prior to this awesome network that you almost end up being part of like a frat, a sorority of men and women, boys and girls who are playing this sport and they just understand the same uh, bond that you have with it. So when I started doing rugby and I learned about it, started playing it more and more, uh, I really wanted to kind of be able to tap into the fullness because I never, I didn't understand why people, especially in the U.S., don't know more about this. Like this should be popping everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as I've gotten deeper into it, it just becomes more and more intriguing, and the range for what it offers is nuts. And so I wanted to be part of that that uh, zeitgeist and to be able to help bring a lot more people over, uh, particularly with Black people. Uh, just yeah something that we that's different than what we normally do but it's something so similar that we'd be surprised why we're not doing it more awesome awesome so uh you know when when did you first get introduced to the sport you know where where were you was this in, was this in school was oh. it like uh yeah so like what kind of walk me through that yeah, man. So it, it was funny. So the first time I, I always knew about rugby because I'm a big, you know, football fan, like many of us, like love the NFL, NSCAA, you know, whatever. I love football. But so you always want to know a little bit of the history. But my first real introduction to it actually came out in 2004 when I was in college. 
one of my dorm mates, he played for the rugby team at uh, University of South Florida. And um, he had asked me, he was like, yo, you want to come play rugby? And for me, I was like, yo, you know, I know about rugby, but rugby is like one of those archaic sports that people play where it's like, it doesn't really exist, but you know, you play, it's like fencing or jousting. Like you're, you're doing Renaissance fair stuff, in my opinion. This is how I was thinking it. So I was like, I went out and I tried it. But at the time I was a little bit more interested in uh, trying to get onto the USF football team. So I was like, this is cool, but it's not my bag. Um, fast forward to actually um, after I graduated in 09, 08, came back home to Baton Rouge. Um, you know, I, I don't have the type of friends in Louisiana that are pick up and go play tackle football guys, you know, at a casual day in the park or anything like that. So I was trying to figure out what I can do to, to get, you know, some kind of this energy out because nobody tells you that after you graduate, how much time you have on your hand when you're not worrying about studying. So, <laughs> so I was watching um, TV and they have this uh, event called the Las Vegas Sevens. It's now moved to Los Angeles, but it's the Las Vegas Sevens. And they had it on TV and I was watching one of the guys make a run and I saw them make run, pass, pass and go. And I was like, you know, they didn't have to pass. They could have just juked these guys out. Like, oh, we, we got, you got to bring them athleticism out to it. So I was like, okay, I'm in Baton Rouge. I was like, you know what would be funny? I'd laugh if they had rugby because Baton Rouge never has anything. So I look it up online and I go, oh, wow, it, it has rugby out here. I was like, <laughs> but it must be a dead site because nobody's actually playing it or else we would have heard about it. So I was like, let me go check the park for the practice times and let me go out and see it. Went out, boom, guys were out there getting ready to play. And I was like, okay, so this is real. So came out the next week, uh, started practicing with them, started doing drills. They started running, I start running, they start running, I keep running. They keep running. I'm slowing down. They're continuing going. I'm like falling apart because the stamina was killing me. And I was like, I can't let these guys beat me like this. So it kind of just opened up that world for me and uh, started playing from there. Um, but uh, it really ended up establishing itself after this event called Pitch Attend that's based in Lafayette, Georgia. This is the middle of nowhere, Georgia. All right. <laughs> and I call this like the Woodstock of rugby because all it is is a massive open field. On one half of it is like eight or nine like makeshift rugby fields. On the other half of it, it's just nothing but rugby people camped out just with, uh, and rugby is a very social sport. So there's a giant like tanker of beer that's made up of like 22 kegs of beer where everyone's tapped into. And when I got introduced into the culture, it was like, yo, I feel like I'm back in college, but without any of the guilt of studying. So the two kind of merged together and I was just like, yo, I'm sold on this. This was, this is my, this is my little bit of heaven right here. So. Right. Right, right. That's amazing, man. Yeah. That, that, that does sound funny. You know, you, you got, you got to go to school, you know, wake up the next day, but it seems like having fun. You never know the things that cross together. Right. So I, I guess for me, like with the media portion, did you go to school for, for, uh, media just you know journalism no i you know media has always been a thing that was in my life because i've been doing it since i was six but when i went to school you know we kind of come in with these preconceived notions like at a time like business majors and mass comm majors everybody became a business major and mass comm major right. so it was like I, i'm a bit of a narcissist so i like to try and stand out just a tad bit um, and so I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do directly that. So I actually started off as industrial engineering, but I ended up in international studies. Ironically, the thing that everybody else also goes to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
right, right. <laughs> right. I actually went in for international business myself, so that's funny. <laughs> and that that was my belief. I was like, look, I might not do international business because I don't want to be directly attached because there's a lot of stereotypes. When an engineer kind of steps out of the engineering program, they go into the business program. So I was like, I'm not about to fall into that, but I wanted that international business concept because, you know, the world, we work in a global world and we want to be able to interact with it at its level across the board and be able to present what we have. So it, it did give me that. I will say that it did give me that element, but not in the direct way that one would typically go. I see. So with the, with the media portion, I guess, you know, what's, what's your goals with it? Are you trying to scale this through social for, for people to understand rugby? Like what's your goal with bringing the media, you know, to rugby in your, your own way? Like what, what's making yeah. it a little different, I guess. So it, it's, so uh, let me, let me contextualize this. So when, when I got into the media component of it, there was actually two things that really uh, had essentially inspired me for it. It was one, whenever I, uh, we, I'd been playing for like five years at that point, And I wanted to take a little bit more leadership role in my, on my club team in Baton Rouge. And so to be able to do that, I wanted to, you know, one, learn the nuances of running the team. And then also wanted to learn about these other teams that we play. Cause you know, even though there's the camaraderie of it, I, we would always play relatively about the same people every year. So I knew the guys that we played, but, you know, you also want to see how far does this really go. And in doing that, I realized there were so many pages about rugby teams in, on Facebook. And I guess Instagram was kind of just starting at that point. So not a lot of IG, but there was so much on Twitter and there's so much on Facebook, but there was not a centralized location that went to it. And uh, in Louisiana alone, we had um, at least three club teams, four club teams, uh, five club teams, so three men, two women, and then like six college teams, and then another like six or seven high school teams. So I was like, you know, I, I want to know more about these, everybody else that's surrounding us, but I want to really focus on like Louisiana rugby. I want to bring us together. And I've been doing this with football because, you know, we do fantasy sports, stuff like that. So we're always doing ingrained analysis, football analysis, things like that. So I was like, I can bring that to rugby because I'm not seeing this here in Louisiana. So I officially started my website, uh, initially Gift Time Rugby, with doing that, which was to kind of bring Louisiana together. The other half of it was the Olympics. I'd seen this article, and this is going to sound wild, but it was this article about how wild it gets in the... Uh, in the Olympic Village. So I was like, yo, I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to see what's happening over there. So I was like, but there's only two ways to be able to get there. You can either get there through media or you get there through playing. And so I kind of was like, ah, you know, I could try and work to play to get in there. But, and I wanted to be able to play for Nigeria if I couldn't do for the US. Okay. But I also was like, you know, a player has a, a shorter lifespan overall, especially at a high level right. than you can as a media person. And I felt like where I was at, because I was kind of old starting whenever I played rugby. And, uh, you know, I don't have the most elite speed, but, you know, I can perform at any level, but it's, you know, you recognize your competition. Right. So I was like, let me jump into the media side. So it started off doing everything in Louisiana and predictions and everything. And people really jumped in on that. Okay. And so as a result from doing predictions, I was like, well, I need to know more about these teams outside because it seemed, un I felt like I was just repeating myself over and over again. And so I was like, let me find out who they compete so that we can really get this accurate. And yeah. then it kind of just built out where I was like, okay, let me work the South. And then I went from doing the club South and then I started adding college into it. When I found out there was like 450 teams, boys and girls in the South alone. 
okay. let alone another uh, 350 teams in club and men's and uh, club senior senior men's and women's club. Um, so I went from to blogging that and talking about that. And I was like, okay, yo, I need to know people like reading this, but the problem is they're not seeing the game. Cause you know, we're, we're here for the experience The visual experience of sports is major. So I was like, okay, let me start maybe filming some of these games a bit. So that's when I started working on my camera stuff. And I was like, let me film. I'd have people try and film for me here and there. And that was dope. It added another level to it because it made depth. Cause this wasn't happening a lot in 2000 and, uh, 2013 is when I started it. So 2013, 2014, we were still really early. And ironically, rugby's been in this country for like 150 years. Right. But we're just like really tapping into it because, you know, technology. And so I started filming games. And again, people liked it. And um, but again, I, I was like, you know, this is not quite it. I was like, people want to see these things live. And this was just as live streaming was becoming a little bit more uh, affordable. And mm -hmm. not just like in a, you know, a webcam way, but we could actually do broadcast streaming right. a lot more. So I took the time and I was like, yo, let me learn how to broadcast stream. So I went and I rented a bunch of equipment. I uh, got hired on to do a broadcast and it failed the first time horribly. Didn't work, but uh, I ended up coming back on it. And so I learned how to broadcast these games and people really wanted it because I, they were now able to see the games before you'd have to travel and not a lot of people always travel for it because they don't understand the sport right. but families were able to now see it and uh, interact with it so as a result i started broadcasting and kind of pushing it out more but then i started realizing an issue that we had here um the issue ended up being that casual fans like we're talking about like sports fans in general casual people would see the game but nobody understood it, you know, and I, I didn't think that rugby had a really good job in being able to market itself, particularly here in the U.S., but it seems to be an, an issue across the globe, but in the U.S., it didn't market itself well to casual fans. It was just like, if you want to come play, then, yo, we'll bring, we love to have you play, and then you'll love the sport, but not all sports do you have to play to be able to love to watch it, so I wanted to change up the game a little bit. And this is where it kind of led into me creating this event called the HBCU Rugby Classic. Okay. And so what happened was I was like, look, we're, I'm watching HBCUs like uh, the Bayou Classic at Southern and Celebration Bowl and Magic City Bowl Classic and, and all those. And you see this HBCU culture, the band life, there's a hypeness that goes along with it. And the one thing that I could say that attached everybody together was music. Right. And music is something that we can all relate to in no matter format, in any format. And so I was like, all right, let me see if I can maybe start producing these halftime shows for these games. Nobody's done it before within rugby. And, you know, what do we have to lose? Like, we can bring casual fans because we need to be able to create a community and help create sustainability and everything like that. So, like, let's do that. So I tried to do a couple halftime shows and they were hot and cold. Like, it was... I learned a lot about uh, stadium system miking and everything like that. Um, and just how music reverbs and why people really do get paid big bucks to do this. Cause it's, it's hard. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we did, I did a couple shows and the only issue that I had was I never felt like I was fully ever prepared to do what I wanted to. So like everybody had a schedule and they weren't really able to keep up. So I was like, all right, 
let me go ahead and make my event. And again, as I mentioned before, one of the things that I always felt was odd was how much rugby doesn't market itself well in terms of its culture. And particularly whenever it came to HBCUs, you have this area where HBCUs have lost a lot of football strength after, you know, integration and, um, you know, a a lot of these top athletes go to PWIs and people go to football games pretty much for the band. So you don't get the greatest level of football because you're not getting the greatest level of talent, but you have still an audience that wants to be there. And I realized that rugby has an ability to create a pipeline from the global market into the U.S. through these small programs because outside of the U.S., every, a lot of people play rugby, even though there's a few big countries that are rugby countries, but everybody plays. And I realized that HBCUs, you could take advantage of this niche here and say, look, we can make, we can be powerhouses in rugby. We can create a student generation pool with people from the African continent, from the Caribbean, uh, even Europe has it. And then even within our country, uh, there's a lot of programs, high school programs with these kids who want to be at HBCUs, but they don't see rugby and, you know, they want to, you know, uplift their opportunity. So I was like, okay, let's, I want, and then on top of that, we had these two schools, Morehouse College and Prairie View A&M and Florida A&M at the time that had teams, but they had never played against each other. And luckily Baton Rouge was this perfect middle ground between Prairie View A&M and Morehouse College. So I was like, let's go do this competition. I'll broadcast it because I can, I'll promote it. And all I want you guys to do is to be there. And I want it so that we can create a crowd experience. So I got a couple uh, artists, local artists that I knew, had them performing at my halftime, um, had a, you know, tried to make it an event, essentially, as opposed to just a game. Right. And it kind of just kicked off from there. So the end, ultimate game has been, how do we get more casual users? And then how does this sport become much more of an opportunity than it is just a sport? Because the rugby culture really is, like I said, real. It is a network. Right. Um, And we started seeing that. So last year was our second year. We're coming into our third year now. And we we were able to do a high school school side as well as the HBCUs. And it just like, it felt like it changed the game because it was these kids getting to see these HBCU teams play. These kids getting to perform against kids like them. You know, it's other black kids because the misconception, black people don't play rugby. This is some, you know, for lack of a better word, drunk, white boy, rough sport, and what I'd like to call Tommy boy rugby, but it's not. Like you have a element, Samoans and Fijian, Pacific Islanders, black people, Africans, like South African people know, but people don't know Zimbabwe, Namibia, Nigeria, Cameroon, Uganda, some really good rugby teams, Madagascar, and you can travel to them. And there is a, a crowd there for it. And those same people want to come in. Jamaica, Trinidad, they have it. So. I wanted to put an element where these kids from these countries got to come in, you're playing against people like them, but they're getting to see these HBCUs and people that are in this country get to see how far they can go globally mm-hmm. and give them a reason to come outside of the country, step outside of your environment right. and see that, yo, the world is a lot bigger. You can find a place and there's, there's a place that you can feel at home with and at least a group of people that you can feel at home with. And, and just be able to develop that. And then even with these other little clubs, like you want to develop them so that they feel a community as well. So uh, at this point now, it's just, you know, we're really trying to work to create this community 
across the board and be able to show people that, yo, you can come play. You're going to love the sport because it's the right amount of violence, right amount of that, but it has opportunity. It has such range and it just, it's such untouched across the globe, but every, every country, every continent has it. It's doing it. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I like that. I like that. This is, this is amazing. Uh, I question you, have you ever heard of the uh, company called HBC Game Day? I have, I, I have, you yeah, know, I, I, I think I talked to them early, but you know, in this process, as you can see, if you, yeah. if you recognize the trend, I, uh, I kind of jump into things and then learn it along the way. So, you know, in doing this event, it was a learning process, a lot of my own, not all of my own investment, pretty much to be able to get this popping, but it made it so that now we understand it. And now I can present these companies to these yeah. people like, yo, this is what this is. We have a pro we have something to show here. And this is what it means. And, you know, like I said, we really, we're really trying to work hard to get a team in every HBCU. Um, right now, North Carolina a and working on one, obviously the aforementioned Morehouse and Prairie View A&M. But yeah, yeah, I, I've heard of, yeah, yeah. Sorry, long story, <laughs> I'm getting too short. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 awesome, awesome. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. We, we went in really good. I love this. I, I actually would probably love to do a second part to this to get me. Yo, I'd love to. So definitely let, let's, let's talk on that. You know, uh, send me an email but leave them with ways they can follow you. They can support you, you know, give them ways that they can you know, stay in touch people that possibly want to donate to this cause or, you know, just want to come out. So just, you know, give them some updates right now. Perfect. Um, you guys can uh, find us on all platforms uh, for rugby purely at gift time rugby, G I F T T I M E rugby uh, website. Like I said, every platform, Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> Tumblr, Reddit, wherever you want to find it, we're there. Uh, and then for the HBCU Rugby Classic, you can find us again on Instagram, Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, uh, HBCU Rugby Classic, um, or on Twitter at HBCU Rugby, or you can find our website, hbcurugbyclassic.com, find out more information. We got the event coming up on March 27th through the 29th. Uh, with them, we have, um, again, Morehouse and Prairie View A&M coming back, rivalry one-on-one -on -one again. And then we're bringing in high school teams from Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, Memphis, Philadelphia, and uh, really trying to work it out. Boys and girls, this is not a gender-centric sport. It's not a gender-centric sport. Everybody can play and everybody can enjoy peace. So really making our, uh, a big push and we bring great artists. It's entertaining. But uh, we keep everything, and YouTube, of course, uh, everything you can find, Gift Time Rugby Network will be there centralized. So I, I really do appreciate you taking this time with me. Yes, no problem, no problem. I will uh, feel free to follow me. I would definitely share this, you know, once you, you know, have all the flyers and information that I can disseminate, I would love to, you know, share this information throughout our platform. Uh, also throughout my networks and other HBCU platforms, I think this would be great for them especially HBCU alum. So feel free to highlight that this Sunday, HBCU News, our every Sunday podcast with HBCU alum. Uh, so yeah, this is great. Gifty, uh, wishing you much more success in 2020. And you guys support HBCU News podcast, like, subscribe, share. I'm watching. I see you viewing, but I don't see you subscribing. So thank you. Uh, thank you again, man. And uh, I'm wishing you much uh, success and love. Much appreciation. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great night. You too. Bye.